Lines, Don't You Forget About Me. Here are classic hits. Waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Happy hump day to you folks. Wednesday, 3rd of February. Yeah. A very good morning to you. Happy Wednesday to your horse. How are you? The one and only PJ Gallagher. I got nine reasons to be happy. <laughs> I got nine big reasons <laughs> to know, be happy. I kind of knew. I mean, I knew you I were going to. I knew you were going to get stuck in there early on it. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to be that early. Nine big reasons to be happy today. Wow, yeah. incredible. And I mean, I have it recorded because I only, uh, you know, because of bedtimes and all that. It's too late for me. I didn't get to see it. Yeah. I actually woke up and saw the text message from you saying, Manchester United are winning. No, that wasn't for me. It was. No, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't for me. I wasn't I wasn't watching the match at that stage. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was from you. I only got as far as half time and then I went to bed. Who sent me the message? <laughs> Somebody's impersonating me. Who did you send me the message? Who sent me the message? Then? I don't know. I definitely didn't, though. I wasn't watching it when they were 7 0 up. And then it says 9 now. I can't believe this. I can't believe what I'm looking at. Not me, buddy. That's how I found out. <laughs> I was there, fair play to Jim. I can't wait to see him in the morning, I said. I no. couldn't believe he stayed up. I didn't I didn't text you. After I sent you the <laughs> Louis Suarez text, I didn't I didn't text you anymore. <laughs> I can't find you, it now. Right, I'll leave you to that. I'll, I'll let you work on that. Morning to you I folks, think I'm anyway. I'm having some brain disorder. <laughs> 0871880008. If you need to give us a shout at any stage, hopefully you're in good form for your Wednesday. Hopefully you're having a slightly better and less confusing start it. than poor old PJ is this morning. Can't find it. Are you okay? I don't even have a WhatsApp group, Reggie. That's mad. Kylie Minogue spinning around here at Classic Hits. Did you get to the bottom of it? Who's the phantom texter then you were? I can't figure it out at all. I, I thought I might have even, liked them. Did you find the messages even? No, I can't find Did you imagine it all? No, I couldn't have imagined <laughs> it because I actually, because I came in and I knew the answer. Yeah, you know. I knew the results, so I didn't imagine it all. So I had to get the information from somewhere. Very bizarre. Did you not? Are you sure? Honest, you I know. I know if I text you. I didn't text you. It wasn't me. Oh, I, did, I found. Who was it? Someone neither of us know. Well, of course I know. Them. Someone neither of us know. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. My brain is actually so, in shutdown. So it's just so, somebody totally randomly different. Someone completely different. And it was a Viber message. <laughs> I don't even have Viber. I think me and this fella are the only people left that do, to be quite honest with you. Right, uh, 10 past 6. Let's do the birthdays then, right? We finally got it sorted. Uh, Let's get stuck into the birthdays. It is the birthday of one Roy Chubby Brown. Oh, you dirty fecker. He was the... uh, he is still actually the last of those comedians that should be like a bit of blue for the dads, bit of blue yeah. for the dads. Still, I believe, uh, well, I don't know what he does. Obviously, nobody's been doing shows in recent times, but That's up until truth. recent times, I, st- I believe he still packs places out. Packs places out, yeah, because he's he's kind of riding the whole, like, you know, the kickback against the PC bandwagon, right, as he call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But I think it's safe to say... <laughs> does gigs at rallies, does he? <laughs> not far off. Like, not far off yeah. at this stage, you know what I mean? It's cast that a lad who was born, his real name is Royston Vasey. I know, isn't that I mean? Like, he sounds like he should be hanging out with that other flute from the Tory party, you yeah, know? Yeah, uh, Reese Mogg. Reese Mogg, yeah, it sounds like the two of them should be mates, and you couldn't get two people further apart, really. Yeah, and he went down the route of uh, telling uh, the old blueies. Telling the old blueies, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just nowadays, that is very, very, you can't get away with that anymore. No, you know, all even the, remotely close. The, like everything. I from, mean, he is, he was a, he's a modern-day Bernard Manning, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And everything from race to mother-in-laws to girlfriends and women falling into things and everything and him thinking, oh, he's told you. Yeah, you're actually not even allowed to describe. That's how bad he is now or how bad he's considered. You're not allowed to tell what his jokes are about, never mind yeah. the jokes themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, how old is he? Because he's no spring chicken. No, he's not. I'd say, I mean, he could be like, I think he's like 79. Not bad at all. 76. Oh, is he right? 76 for Roy Chubby yeah, Brown. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Still wearing that pilot's hat and all. <laughs> yeah. he, looks, he looks mad, Yeah, that's he? some sort of Biggles outfit looking thing Biggles on his head. Out. Yeah. yeah. That's very weird. See, when I wear wear this and I slag off Pakistanis, people just laughing at me at. Anyway, 
Uh, let's leave Roy Chubby Brown in the past. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> Roy, what about this? This will take you back. Speaking of the past, it will take you back to your childhood. You were a big Dallas fan in your oh, day. Oh, I loved it so much. Do you remember who played Jenna Wade? I was kind of surprised when I saw this because I thought it was a different actress. But anyway, uh, according to this, Morgan Fairchild. Morgan Fairchild, that's her name, the blonde hair, like, oh, jeepers, yeah. Yeah. She looks a bit like a really gorgeous um, Mick Wallace. <coughs> uh, she was brilliant. Yeah. She was really brilliant, yeah. I, it says, to, you know what her first job was? According to this, right? Her first job was as a double for Faye Dunaway in that movie Bonnie and Clyde no she was the body double for that is gas the stand in like for the lining up the shot lining up the shot yeah when they were like when the the other fella had to do the lines and you just didn't want to be there so they had to have someone someone's shoulder and hair in the shot so it makes like it's consistent yeah yeah Uh, Morgan uh, Jenna Wade in Dallas according to this I don't remember in that I do remember oh, Morgan I, Fairchild. I don't remember. I, oh, I definitely remember. She was like, yeah, she wasn't. A, she wasn't like a woman of completely very good repute in it. That's for sure. Oh, you know oh. what I mean? Yeah, there was a lot of. She's not the kind of woman that Roy Truby Brown would be telling jokes about. No, she? she was too clever for that. <laughs> she was duping people left, right, and centre. Yeah, <sighs> uh, I, I, I gotta say, she was. Again, no spring chicken. No, no one would be Dallas being a thing. I mean, say that's. 73. Not bad, not bad. 71. Oh, that's all 71. right. 71, yeah, yeah, doing okay here. Right, what about uh, a bit more up to date? Warwick Davis. Warwick? Yeah. The little fella from. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The little fella from Willow and. I don't even know what the current PC thing is around that whole sort of descriptive element. I don't know. Let's just call him a great British actor. Star of things like yeah. Willow and Return of the Jedi. And, and the Harry Potter films. And the stuff he's done with Ricky Gervais Ricky and all. Gervais, brilliant. What's the name of that again? Is it The Short Life or something that it's called? Or Life is Short. Life is Short, That's yeah, what yeah, it's called. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. There's one amazing scene where he goes to his ex-wife's house. Have you seen that? That's the one where he you said he climbs the bookcase. He collects his TV award <laughs> and it's on the top of the bookcase. And her wife's new fella goes, do you want me to just hand it to you? He goes, I'll get it myself. <laughs> he climbs up the... <laughs> And he's not like I think if there might be a couple of jars involved. Or something. It's very funny. It's yeah. terrible, but it's very funny. Um, he and of course Idiot Abroad, the one when he does Idiot Abroad with Carl Pilkins. Yeah, he did one of the, the sort of later series. Yeah, it is so funny because he's into things. He likes life and all. Yeah, and he that makes Carl Pilkinson even more miserable. <laughs> and he's like, oh, not only are you slowing me up, you're, you're enjoying things. It's making everything so much harder. Yeah, it's somewhere like it's been a fair old career, hasn't it? Like Willow was a long time back. That's back in the eighties. That's like Dallas times and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's Is that a long the one way that back. had your maid in it, um, Andre the Giant. No, is that Willow? No, Dad, you're thinking of Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah, that's, that's a different one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, your, your mate. Your mate. <laughs> your mate, Andre. The yeah, Giant. we were great, great buds back in the day. <laughs> Fella stole me lunch and he threw him across. He threw him over to school. <laughs> Warwick Davis, then, what age would you say? I'd say he's like, um, he's like 62. He's 51. Oh, is he? Oh, jeez, I was miles off. He must have been on your child in Willow, then. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's quite a career when you consider going back a bit. Well. Right, what about this one now, right? Because this would be probably more up your street. I don't remember her in anything, okay? I know her more famously as the missus of Sasha Baron Cohen, right? But apparently she was in Home and Away, Isla Fisher. I don't know. I know who she is. I don't know anything about her now. Yeah. I don't even know. I thought the home and away thing, because you were a home and away I fan. I was, yeah, but she, see, I was too old. She was on, she was in it, and I was, like, you know what I mean? Or was she, what are you? I'll take a wild stab and say she's 32. 45. Ah, we're well, having a clue then. <coughs> having a, I literally haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. What a first. What a first what that a is. What a first that is. Right, and then, listen, your curveball this morning, right? Uh, would you know the actor Gary Webster? Gary Webster? Yeah. If I was to say to you, he was the second version of Minder. Oh my God, yes, that's exactly who he is. Yeah, I know, I just told you. Well, you were right. You're right, Jim, telling me that. He was the one when when Minder wasn't great. Yeah, when Terry left and it all went to pop. Dennis Waterman was gone. And And it wasn't great and they changed the sequence. I know Arthur was there and everything, but... 
Nah. Nah, it wasn't the same at all. And Actually, the start you know sequence missed? was they walked down the computer and they left their keys at the end. Do you know what we missed out on as well? Uh, Mark was texting in about it and tweeting in about it and we never did it. We were supposed to have an end of January song, you know, finally wave good riddance to January. The minder team. We were going to, yeah, we should have done our minder team. We should have done it. We're going to have to do that. Yeah, we'll have to find an excuse for that. Anyway, so Gary Webster then, who became this, I don't know what else, I'm sure he's been in other things, but the sort of, the bad minder, really, is what he'll be remembered as. He was the bad minder, yeah. He was the fella from minder that, he was the sim, he was the flair that went up to tell us not to watch minder anymore, uh, which is uh, unfortunate. (laughs) Um... Because he wasn't a bad actor, it's just the show wasn't great without Terry in it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say he's like, uh, oh, he'd be like 57. Yeah! Ah! Well done. Ah, that's not bad. Finishing on a highlight. Back of the nest. Ireland's classic hits. And now you're up to date on the home of the Nile Boylan Show, weekdays from 12. This is Ireland's classic hits. Cheers, Tara. How are we this morning? Well rested, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Well rested, yes. Yeah. Oh yes, that was that was Very good. good yeah. That was a good long night's sleep, wasn't it? It was an excellent night's sleep. <laughs> Not. <laughs> go on, see, go on, go all on. The, all the good you did, you just you undid it when you woke up and went. What bloody time oh, is no. it? <laughs> We're talking what about f- a good 40, 50 minutes <laughs> later than I should be awake. <sighs> And it's the worst feeling in the world. It is the it panic is. that strikes you. I'll tell you, you. something. It, can, it must put years on you. Definitely, that, yeah. The shock to your body <laughs> when you do that thing. You realise you're late for something. It's awful, isn't it? Well, I was thinking on the way in, right? I'm nearly here four years. It's four years at the end of March since I joined the team. Right. And this is the first time I've ever slept it out. Right. I've actually come running in at the last minute when people who were supposed to be in work for me that day have slept it out. Yeah. That's happened twice. Um, But this is the first time I've slept it out. And I feel like I'm going to be lined up outside the headmaster's yeah. office. Or well, something. I mean, we've had we've had endless emails of complaints. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable! Disgruntled, yeah. disgruntled <laughs> in Cabra was absolutely outraged. Yeah, Are I'm... you telling me that not a single person noticed? Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have another lion I was tomorrow. Just though. about to say that. Yeah. Somebody actually turned around and went. Did I hear the news? <laughs> they actually, literally, everybody's on autopilot. <laughs> Oh, he could have said to them. We probably could have said to them. Yeah, no, of course it was on. Yes, what? Yes, Where's your head? At? In yes. fact, actually, if you'd have seen I PJ this morning, you'd, PJ, you could have convinced PJ of anything this morning. <laughs> I was reading text messages that didn't <laughs> exist, and I actually heard your bulletin, to be honest with you. <laughs> Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle, here are classic hits and West End Girls from Pet Shop Boys, just ahead of that. Thanks for waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Happy Hump Day, uh, Wednesday, 3rd of February. Thank you for all of the WhatsApp, so it's 7188 if you need to get in touch for a few interesting ones along the way. Uh, Dan in Cork has responded to uh, Tara's revelation that she's now four years working with the team yeah, on breakfast us. Yeah, uh, this morning. And uh, Dan's response has been, uh, four years Tara is with the team and total days worked 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, that's a, sh- that's a yeah, shocker. That's a, he, I love the grief. It's just oh great. Oh, my God. Hang on a second. Tara, actually, one day. Tara's got a, does, Tara has I, a response for you, Dan. Yeah, I was just going to say, 37 and a half, if you include the half day I've done today already. <laughs> from turning up, you know. Brilliant. I'm here. I'm here. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, St- Steve the Trucker was on to say that the reason he didn't get a shock was he just assumed you're on holidays again. <laughs> <laughs> This is lovely, this is. I'm not coming in ever again. (laughs) That's it now, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, brilliant. Uh, Also, listen, um, I was right to be curious about, you know, Morgan Fairchild's birthday today. Indeed, yes. And I was saying it sort of didn't sit well with me, this thing that she played Jenna Wade in Dallas. But of course she did. Yeah. But she played Jenna Wade first. And then it was oh, one of those yeah. weird things where they replaced the actress. They used to do that in the 80s a lot, yeah. And the one I thought was Jenna Wade took over, Priscilla Presley. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, of course, yeah. They did, that, they did that with that character and they did it with Miss Ellie as well. Yeah. And one day you were watching it and the new Miss, uh, just a different woman walked out of the kitchen and we were like, what in the name of God? And everyone just goes, Miss mm-hmm. Ellie, Miss And then for that episode, everyone just... Re- and that's, not even, and that's not even the worst of it for Dallas. I mean, literally, 
Well, Bobby but in how the shower. Was, how long was he in the shower for? It was for? an entire year. An a entire year, year of storyline. Yeah. And it was the worst thing ever for um, Linda Gray, was it? That played Sue Ellen. Yeah. Because she, in her, that year, she sobered up and got her life back, <laughs> got her revenge on J.R. Do you remember all of that? And it was all and a then dream. one day she woke up and she was back on the sauce. And she was wrecked. She was back on the sauce and JR was trekking her into a madhouse, I think. Uh, it, was, it was awful. Shocker. Oh, yeah, he was, that was yeah, that was definitely the worst story plot twist of all time. That is, that yeah. I think, that's, I think that's widely accepted. The Bobby in the shower thing yeah, is that, literally the laziest piece of writing that's never, ever happened I'll in any forget, piece of television. My friend's dad got so upset by it. That's, I, I think it's all he spoke about for about three months <laughs> after. Like, you could hear after mass and all. In a shower. A year of my life, I'm having a spell. I'm having a man having a shower. A shower. You know, like when you know, like with months, when I wasn't even on telly anymore, and they were saying, "Yeah, Mister." Because they used to say Ken that was, was still very upset over Bobby the, in the shower. The, the laziest piece of script writing you could—you'd always knew when somebody ran out of an idea or whatever—is when if anything involved somebody having a dream. A dream. That was it. That yeah. was the way they wrote so themselves into. You a could hole. literally write anything you want, right, and then write. And then he woke up. Yeah, and just go back to any point <laughs> in the story and say that's where he fell asleep and that's where he woke up. It was brutal. Yeah, shocker. Oh. Anyway, so that's what it was. So yeah, Morgan Fairchild was in Dallas, did play Jenna Wade, but only for a little while and then Priscilla Presley took over. And yeah. So I'm trying to think, what is it then that Morgan Fairchild was really famous for? Because for a while, I thought she was in TJ Hooker, but that wasn't her. No, that, that wasn't was her. That was Heather Locklear. Yes, that was Heather Locklear. Yeah. And was she in, she wasn't in Charlie's Angels, was she? No, no, that was Farrah Fawcett. Oh, that's her, yeah. Um, they really had a type in Hollywood back then, didn't they? To be fair, yeah. they really did. <laughs> they really went for a special type of image, really. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well, well, should I should really look it up, but sure, does anybody care that much? Really? I don't know. I'm looking there. Flamingo Road and Falcon Crest. Falcon she, Crest. That was the one. Remember Falcon Crest with the end, the, the never-ending glass of wine being filled up. Yeah. At the start, do you remember that? No, I think that was the one. Falcon Crest. It was. It was Falcon Crest. That was a spin-off of Dynasty, was it? Yeah, it was the poor. It was the poor one of the three of the of the yeah. holy trinity of American soap <laughs> operas. It was the it was the dirty left at triangle. <laughs> Right. It was, yeah. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Yes, that's what right. it was. So listen, folks, uh, what do we have for you today? We have got uh, €1,000 on the HitBit. We decided we'd round it up for the week. Every day this week we'll play for a grand on the HitBit, so that's on the way in the next hour. Plenty of time to get involved. Magic Mike standing by, eager to give you the cash. 087 if you want to get involved in that. Uh, of course, a year's supply of Swedish Nutra's vitamin C and D3, a full year's supply up for grabs, 12 no, sorry, 11, I think, still 11 top of the leaderboard on that. Yeah, the breakfast table quiz. And, um, and what have we got going on then? What have you, what's been tickling your funny bones so far this morning? Oh, I have to give out about my cooking abilities. They keep letting me down in one particular area. I'm You're very going to give out about, about your own cooking abilities? Yeah, I'm very upset about something that happened again Excellent. last night. And then there's uh, Hitler's toilet seats for sale. Imagine. Right. Imagine the evil things that were plotted while sitting on this unbelievable throne of ignorance. Yeah. Uh, so that's for sale. Um, there's a multi-millionaire that wants to live to these 180 years of, of age. Why? I don't like, know. He's, 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 he calls himself a biohacker. You want to see this, lad? Un, like, I, 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 I'm going to get a kick out of him, to be honest with you. And then I'm just going back to looking at pictures of Morgan Fairchild after that. Classic hits at the weekend. Huge 80s number one culture club karma chameleon here at Classic Hits. Thank you so much for waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Thanks for letting us hang out with you on your Wednesday. Uh, on the way, of course, we've rounded up the HitBit jackpot every day this week. You're playing for a grand with us in the morning. A thousand euro if you can tell us what our HitBit is, the famous song that our HitBit comes from. Magic Mike standing by as always if you want to get in nice and early. 087 if you're somebody who, um, you know, if you were to believe, which I'm sure you don't, but if you were to believe the the Hollywood script writers, apparently we're all we're all in search of of eternal life. Yes. Apparently, we all want to live forever. It's the holy grail. Personally, I have to say, I don't know if it floats my boat that much. Not mine. No, I'm very tired now, and I'm only halfway there at the well, best. You know. You know. So, like that. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, it's one thing to live forever if you're going to be, you know. Sort of living forever in your 20s, maybe. Yeah, that's it, you know. But what if I mean? you're just going to kind of generally creep on a bit, well, I'm yeah, not sure I'm into it. I reckon after a hundred, like, life it might be a bit more difficult, you know, that way. Yeah. But anyway, this millionaire, uh, he, his name is David Asprey, right? 
and he reckons he may possibly be the first person to live unto 180 years of age. Yes, he's not mad. He is what he describes himself as a biohacker. He reckons he's a biohacker. He's already spent more than a million quid, a million dollars, um, to, uh, out of his own pocket in an attempt to live as long as he possibly can. So, what does a million dollars get him? The man who can have it all. What has he come up with to uh, make him live to 180 years old? Is it cryogenics of some kind? Is it some sort of mad chemicals? Has he found some weird philosopher's stone that a wizard has been sitting on up up in the mountain? Nah, skip breakfast. Uh, So this is what he reckons. (laughs) Skip breakfast. Oh my God. So I'm destined to live forever. Jim, you are going to live forever. He has come up, he says, intermittent fasting and skipping breakfast is the key to a longer life. He's put in a million quids worth of research. He oh, reckons my this is God. It. Also, have dinner earlier. So, Jim, it looks like you. I mean... I may ne- look... You're never going to die. The eternal Jim McCabe. In fact, it turns out Jim McCabe is 116 years old already. As it is. Yeah. If you were to listen to PJ's abuse on this show, you'd well <laughs> believe that I probably was in my 100 16s. But anyway. Yeah, I couldn't believe that this is what he came up with. This is utter rubbish. Now, you see, the thing about it here now, you have to be very specific with this, right? Because very recently, I did start to roll back a bit. I used to kind of, like, forget breakfast altogether, do the intermittent fasting up until about sort of midday. Yeah. But of late now, I've drifted back into having me porridge about nine o'clock. Don't blame you. Why would you be starving yourself? (laughs) No, but I never felt hungry. But now, for some reason, I think... I think it's just something. I think it's a bit like... Food sort of makes you want to other food. It does. <laughs> I think I've been eating so much during the pandemic that it just feels weird to not be eating something at any given time. I think you're right and I think that's the best way. What's the point if he, of living for 180 years if you can't have a flipping breakfast? Imagine. So what uh, do you have to do then to, to, to achieve this? So uh, well, intermittent this, fasting, right, okay. Intermittent fasting, this is, this is genuinely, this is where he's got. And this is, he's on TV thinking he's discovered it. What he doesn't realise is the Greeks were like doing intermittent fasting like... Yeah, hundreds of years. Hundreds of hundreds of years ago. Mm. Uh, so he, it's, it's complete nonsense. He says the new techniques he has found, intermittent fasting, there is some cryotherapy treatments, and very deep sleep. Make make your oh. body make energy differently, and that that will lead you, if you do it right, to live two lifetimes. Jim's lived two lifetimes in <laughs> in fifty years. That's what I've heard. About Jim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and like that, but I mean, they've been doing this for you. There's nothing new in this. This man is out of his mind. This man is. Uh, this it took is him a million quid to establish that. This is the very definition of a fool, and his money can be easily parted. That's what the different. So that's very as far as he's got. Is. There's a million quid Pretty got much. him skipping breakfast I have a deep sleep. Yeah, to the point... That was his. Now that he says the one problem he's having at the moment, right, is that his deep sleep is now being affected because he's starting to think, how am I going to enjoy my life when everyone around me shall be dead, but I will go on to live? This is like... It's proper maths, yeah. right? So he's saying, I don't really think I want to live to 180, maybe 150, uh, maybe a little bit less... Uh, where I can still have a lot of people around me. Do you know what annoy? Do you know what I love about this though? I'd love to live for 180 years old for one reason, because I'm bad enough already. I look at people in their thirties and going, "Ah, oh, yeah, I don't know what I was like <laughs> before there was phones and all." I just want to be able to look at a like a 100 year old person and go, "Yeah, so what about you now? You're only a snapper." When I went to school, me they used to lace up me toes and paint me feet black. And to, to, I had to use I had to use a straight right. cash as a belt. You'd end up though. You'd end up in that situation where you'd be saying, "No, God, God, in my day, we'd only four cars. Yeah, in my uh, four electric cars that flew. What? Yeah, are oh, you flying into work? Are you? Yeah, in my day, you had to walk. You had to do all that. That's just what I want to do. Because you can be so unbearable. We're but already got, unbearable with this carry on. hundred and eighty years into the future from now. Yeah, I know. From now, imagine us. Imagine the two of us still giving out, still saying, I'll tell you something. I remember giving out when I was 45 about things that young people didn't know. And, uh, so basically, you'd, just spend, you'd spend the next 130 years of your 180 year, or your 100 and whatever year existence basically just giving out Isn't it great? to people who are younger than you. Can I tell you this? This is the thing. I look at this man and his aspirations are to see the new world, to see where history will lead us, to see what the future has, to see... 
the things that most people can only miss to venture to live a life of utter adventure. I'm just like, no, I just want to lord it over people. Look at you, huh? You're only you're only 108 and you walk around like your knees are at you. I've had I'm on my 17th pair of hips, you joker. I just want to sled it. I just want to spread crankiness throughout the world. That's yeah. just what I want to do, yeah. You just want to remind people how good they have it. Yeah, look at you. You have your own bed, do you? That's outrageous. I used to share a bed with four dogs. R.E.M. Losing My Religion here at Classic Hits. Waking Up Happy with PJ and Jim. Thank you so much for doing that. Somebody just pointed out after your story about your man who wants to live to be 180. Somebody's been on to say, Adam, I think it is, if you did live to be 180, the hit bit would still be going. Yeah, imagine two of us still on the radio. There they go. Uh, the hit bit today would be worth 700,938 euro. Oh, probably very true. Clue. Uh, um, actually, do you know something that does occur to me after your story is the fact that if you did end up having living till you were 180, right? Yeah, you'd have to get involved in spare parts. You would, yeah. So you'd, mean, be, a so you'd, be, yeah. you'd re- be replacing motor factors and builders, providers, and all that sort of stuff with, like, literally, you'd have a shop or whatever set up for body parts. You'd be able to walk in and go, "Listen, I'm oh, looking for a looking for a, a hip for a, a 1968." Uh, male, have you got one? Yeah, and you'd still be getting given out. You'd still be buying stuff. You go, that's for the twelve-year-old boy. I'm going around with this ridiculous <laughs> yeah. hand. Yeah, do you have that in blue? What do you want it in blue for? I need it to match me varicose veins. Yeah, yeah. Would you have it in? No, you don't sell the. Um, you you any, don't sell. You haven't the elbows, actually, have you? Yeah. I was thinking of getting a spare one. Or even a comb over. You don't do them separate, or do you have to buy it as a pack of the he- or as a pack for the head? Love fool from the Cardigans here. A classic hits final call on the hit bit. Oh eight seven one double eight triple zero eight. Remember, we're playing for a grand magic mic standing by to try and give you that cash uh, if you can impress him. Get on and have your guess. Uh, and while you're uh, in the process of doing that, you're probably, I'm sure you're familiar. Everybody must be familiar. You know the way they, you always get these kind of shows on television. They go in big sweeps, right? There's always like a surge of cooking shows or a surge of home improvement shows. Yeah. Or whatever. And then there was this big wave of all these kind of like, you know, antique stuff, like, you know, cash in the attic. Yeah. Where you'd find old stuff that was lying around your house and suddenly find out it was mad valuable. A bargain or, hunt and all. Yeah, you know all that sort of stuff. I suppose it started originally with the likes Slugger. of the Antiques Roadshow and all that carry on. So loads of them out there, right? So if you're into that sort of stuff, you know, somebody meet you might, you know, trawl in your house or your ma's house or your granny's house or whatever in the hope of finding something that might be worth a few quid. Check this out. Check this out. Hitler's toilet seat is for sale. <laughs> now, we did a story, I think it was only last year or maybe the year before, about Hitler's actual toilet from his house being for sale uh, and how they were trying to auction it off. Don't know how the auction went, actually. But now, a very unusual relic from his uh, summer home uh, in the Bavarian Alps. Uh, a US soldier stroked his toilet seat. Um, he nicked it when they were raiding it, you know, when they, yeah. when they basically took over the area. Uh, and they ha- uh, he was told by a superior officer on the day, take anything you want. Uh, and for some reason, it just occurred to him to take Hitler's toilet seat. So he went up and still, he has, it's still... I mean, that in its, that bizarre in itself now. I mean, if yeah. you're like... I mean, I don't know what was inside Hitler's summer home. But I have to say, if somebody, <laughs> if I was standing in this and somebody said to me, listen, take what you want if you want a memento. Probably the last thing to come to me head would be get the jack. Seat. I want the thing that Hitler's arse was on. Well, that's it. Yeah, and then for for him, he said that was the first thing he thought of. He thought oh my this God, could what be a weirdo. Money. Yeah, but he was right. He was right. It turns out it could be worth. It's going on sale for five thousand dollars as the opening bid, but they reckon it'll get about fifteen thousand in the auction. It's been in the family's um, basement or attic or whatever. Um, so that's, uh, like, did, he knew, he, did he know he had it or somebody was kind of trawling through cleaning up the place and went, what no. in the name of God is that? They always knew they had it. So it's, it's a, he's an American soldier with a very German name. Ragvald Borsch was the name of him. Uh, and he went in and he obviously saw things slightly differently. <laughs> they already knew well, it. Is he, is he an American soldier? He is an American or soldier. Or was he yeah. just somebody who found a uniform? And stuck it on, yeah, and they were like, what I, part of the states lo- are you from, boy? I love the apple pie. I love the apple pie very much. It's wonderful. Mm. Apologies for my desperately bad yeah. German I can't <laughs> wait to get back to Minnesota. <laughs> yes, uh, to my white picket fence. <laughs> I love it very much. <laughs> and the toilet seat comes complete with a picture of him on it, carrying it. Uh, and this apparently this whole story was told in a book uh, many years ago. So and how do you verify well. that it is... Hitler's toilet seat. How do you verify? Like, I don't know, honestly. I mean, like, I don't you could know. literally just have a random toilet seat, right? Well, it's very peculiar looking now. It looks like it's a pretty unique thing. Like, just like a handly thing on the front of it. 
Uh, a handle on the front of your well, toilet. Well, I saw the cups, the seats, of course, it's not all round, so it, it's like a Is it in an R shape? Yeah, essentially, kind of is. And then there's like a lever part where the front of it would be that you would use to pick it up. It's fancy. Hitler wasn't into any old, you know. Right. P- Hitler didn't sit on plastic or anything. This is fancy. Looks right. like looks like it's made out of an I don't know an elephant's tusk or so. I don't know what it's made of, right? Right. Uh, but I'm, but uh, you can get us. Uh, you can get a toilet seat for about fifteen grand. They reckon, and then they sell it. So right, so it's in the brochure, and in the brochure they say one can scarcely. This is what the tagline on it says. One can scarcely imagine the plotting that a tyrant undertook while contemplating the world from atop this perch. It says the toilet seat measures 19 inches front to back and 16 inches wide. It has two chrome fittings joined by two pieces. It's really sort of... I mean, yeah. you're looking at it, you can see Mind it. Mind you, I suppose, and in then, fairness, that is believable because, I mean, we had the story the other day on the show about the relationship that men have with their toilets and how we multitask and do a lot of our planning and kind of, you know... Strategizing and thinking and stuff while on the throne. So, yeah. I mean, I suppose, yeah, you are talking about quite literally the seat of power. This might be the most evil toilet in the world. He might have been in there minding his own business and someone kept knocking on the door and he was like, Do you know something? If, you, if someone, if they knock if again, they know right, that I'm, in, I'm invading somewhere. I, I'm going to go you. mad. I'm going to go mad. If they knock again, I'm going into Poland. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. That's it. Wow. He snapped. He snapped. He went mad. That was the moment. Maybe he went bonkers. It might be the toilet seat place. It might be the place where he lost his marbles completely. Yeah. It's a bit of a far-fetched story, but I know if I was telling it, it's been yeah. the one I'd be telling. It could have been, yeah, maybe maybe it was in there that he got the idea about dropping a bomb. Well, now you see, there's another thing to stick into the brochure. Yeah, who knows what was going on in there. This is the pl- that's, this if is, it, that, that's if it's for real. The other question is, this would is you want Hitler it? This Hitler dropped his first bomb. His wife described it as the worst air raid she'd ever smelled. Classic Hits. And now, the hit bit with Supermax. Whether you're into taco, curry, cheese, or garlic fries, we have something for everyone. Order online, available at supermax.ie. Hit bit. It's a bit of a really famous hit. It's a bit, just a bit from a classic hit. But what hit is it? Hit uh, the classic hit bit is worth a thousand quid all this week. It's a grand L week on the classic hit bit. Hey, look at you! It's a grand oh, L week. I tell you something. You should be a comedian, man. I tell you, you're good. I don't know. I don't think I have the bottle for it to be honest with you. So here's what it sounds like. The big uh, clue we have for you is big, and it's going to be Mary Norton in uh, in the bat. Who's going to ah, go first? It's Mad Mary. How are you, Mary? <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Come here, listen. How's Pete, the happy man? Oh, he's still alive. He's still alive. Well, that's that's okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. Well done on that alone. That's a success. I, know. I feel very proud of myself every day that he's alive. By the way, listen, uh, uh, PJ. Yeah. You are speaking to one of the longest listeners to this show. You're joking. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, Mary has been around since day one, virtually. Oh. No, Pete has been around since day one. He introduced me. Oh, sorry. Oh, Pete, you know. the happy man's responsible for Mary's introduction. I do there beg you your pardon. Right, but they, yeah. go, they go right back. All the oh, way yeah. back. Classic yeah. hits from the start. They are, yeah. So yeah, you, so you have a bit of respect, PJ Gallagher. <laughs> That's okay. I won't slag you about being in the bath for the last half an hour. You're not still like in the bath, Mary, are you? Oh yeah, I've got at least another twenty minutes before I have to go to work. So yeah. Oh my god! You'll be you like a pr- you'll be like a prune getting out. I yeah, but you don't run a full bath and then get out of, get out of it after half an hour. You That's have true. To you have to keep, yeah, you, yeah you have to keep topping up the hot water and all that. Yeah, you don't yeah. make a bit of luxury. Do you, do, you have, do you have Pete coming in with the kettle every so often? Do you? No, 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 but he keeps bringing me coffee and breakfast and Proper, things like that. Proper, oh, you know? that man... So that's all done. That man is such a gentleman, he really is. Such a he's gentleman. He's star. Right, right so let's try and get you a new shower then, will we? Um, yeah, I suppose. I'm kind of liking the bath thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to the toilet seat instead. <laughs> Hitler's toilet seat, yeah. Look yeah. right next to the back, yeah. <laughs> yeah myself and Pinky are always trying to take over the world. I mean, Pete, so... Exactly. Right, so go for it, Mayor. What are you thinking? I think it's Michelle Shocked, anchored down in Anchorage. Oh, I wow. love that song so much. I what love that song. a tune. Right, it's, uh, it's time to head uh, out your neck of the woods, Mary, to be fair. We're heading, heading west out to Magic Mike. Yeah, hey, Michael. I'm just looking across the field at him. <laughs> Is he stalking you again? <laughs> I warned him about that, looking in people's houses. Any, anyway, Mary, I wish I could share you with cash this morning. Oh, Very good. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Mary, but enjoy the rest oh, well. of your bat. 
Thank you very much indeed. And a uh, very good morning to everybody who is working in shops this morning. Yes. Well <laughs> done. Essential crew. Essential crew. In shops? We are very shops, essential. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. frontline kind of retail staff so, and all that. I, for, for some instance, I was thinking, I just started thinking, who's buying shops? Oh, the shops are closed. I was thinking, <laughs> my head's broken. Don't mind me. <laughs> Mary, <laughs> take care of yourself. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, Mary. Bye-bye. Good luck. Right, uh, waiting very patiently this morning with Sarah Kinsler. How are you, Sarah? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad at all, Sarah. Where are you this morning? I'm in Dublin. Right, so you're not in the bath or anything like that. I'm not, no. <laughs> Are you off to work as well? Yeah, working from home. Oh, okay, good stuff. Right, so you're in the same, you're the one person that could have a bath now, not a bother on you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right, so Sarah, we have a grand all week. Uh, we'd love to give you the thousand quid. What do you think? Um, is it Say Something by A Great Big World? Oh, another brilliant song. Yeah, good, good tunes this morning. What do you make of that, Michael? Okay, I wish I could say something <laughs> great, but I can't. I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> Unlucky. Oh, sorry about that, Sarah. Take care, Sarah. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Right, so there we go. Uh, You can rule out both of those. Scratch those off your list. Where are you going to go from that? Big still the clue. Classic hit study for all the previous guesses. Niall Boylan, the next port of call to try and win the cash. Is he doing the thousand quid, I wonder? Not at all. Are you joking? Imagine trying to get an extra tenner out of Boylan. No, I wouldn't fancy it. Not at all. Let's say something. There's, there's, there's burglars a, and everything haven't managed that. Stick a his laptop there and see if it <laughs> Human League and Don't You Want Me Here are classic hits. Thank you for waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Thanks for letting us hang out with you on your Wednesday morning, Wednesday 3rd of February. On the way, of course, this hour, the chance to win yourself a year's supply of Swedish Nutra's Vitamin C and D3. Remember, it's a chance to super boost... Your immune system. Super boost indeed. Super boost. Vitamins all over the gaff. You C's better believe D's it. coming out your ears. Yeah, exactly. This is the one time when C's and D's are good things. They are, exactly. For once. Yeah. For once. Swedish Nutra's uh, vitamin C and D3. A year's supply up for grabs on the breakfast table quiz. 11 is the uh, top of the leaderboard at the moment. That's still to come. But uh, if you've been a regular listener to this show, you'll know that our PJ, uh, you know, along the way, he's had... He's had a fair share of kitchen nightmares. And I'm not even talking about the fact that sometimes his kitchen is underwater. I'm leaving that yeah. aside, right? This is a I different mean, nightmare. There was, the, there was the incident in relation to the turnip and the cooking of a turnip. That was where disaster. Where PJ never realised that you had to peel it and chop it up. To you put, ask <clears throat> these people, Jim, in the shop, how do you do it? They say, put, put it in water and boil it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't say cut it up yeah, into the, cubes They and just all that. assume that you're not going to put it in like a human head, just literally put it into a, a pot of boiling water. You love bringing this up like it's oh, sort of like, you know. But anyway, listen, there's a specific kitchen nightmare that he's having at the moment, and it seems to be one that's been ongoing for this you. This is ongoing for years now. Can I just say this? I'm very upset. Okay. And I want to say something, and it's a bold statement. But unless you're a scientist, it is impossible to cook a steak. It's impossible to cook a steak. I had a goal out yesterday. I've been given a voucher. So I thought I'll treat myself to a midweek steak, right? I was given a voucher by uh, Elaine gave me one there. Yeah. I went to that lovely place um, down the road from me. You know the one where the shop that we'd be, we'd be frequenting. Oh, right? it's beautiful. It says, give me two ribeye steaks, I said. And the man said, no problem. I says, now listen, come here. I've never been able to cook a steak. I've never got it right. And he goes, it's very simple. You go home, you turn on the pan, you make it as hot as you can. Right. Bit of butter, no oil. Right? Okay. Three minutes this side, three minutes that side, eat it. No problem. Well, I tell you what happened, right? I went home, I put the thing on, I got the pan as hot as possible. Yeah. I put on a little bit of butter, no oil. I put the steak on, three minutes this side, three minutes that side. And I ended up with two bubbly, horrible bits of blood-looking chewing gum. <clears throat> it was disgraceful. I ruined both of them again. And this is like the 11th time I've done this. What do you mean this. chewing gum? So was, what was wrong with it? Was the middle bit, like... Raw and the outside burned, or what? Some of it was raw, some of it was overdone, some of it was all, it was all chewy. There was fat everywhere, but the fat was so thick you could you could have made a chair out of it. it was stiff, <laughs> weird fat that you could have made a chair out. Of. You could have turned the coffee table out. It was utter, absolutely and utterly disgusting. All I could do was think about the poor cow who gave her life so that I could throw her in the bin. I was so disgusted. And, and you said, like, you reckon that this, you're into you're into double numbers now in terms of steaks ruined. By my count, this right. is about the 11th steak I have ruined in my life. A ruined, and I mean ruined. I have had dogs eating ruined fillet steaks in front of me. I've like 15 quid worth <laughs> of steaks. Your dogs are probably loving it. These dogs are like, get another one of them. That was delicious. Oh, I loved a woody fat. 
and the oversensitive, mo- mo- ridiculously chewy insides that no human could possibly consume. Mm, they were delighted with it. That's but incredible. I would have thought. I would say it's impossible to cook a steak. Well, I would say most people out there listening would have said to you exactly as that the butcher in that great shop said to you. I don't which care. Is that They're a all steak liars. probably is one of the simplest things to they're cook. all liars it's the hardest thing I can do a lasagna start to finish I can put on the cheese I can do all the bits I can put all the meals together I can do chilli when con you carnies. say doing lasagna start to finish do you mean you can open the jars no I don't mean that smarty <laughs> pants I tell you I know how to cook I can cook up a dinner right. I can cook up loads of dinners I can do but all kinds of things but a steak is doing you but in a steak is impo- it is impossible you see what's going to end up happening a team of scientists that's why it's, uh, that's why I've realised steaks are so expensive in restaurants because it takes two scientists one chef one helper <laughs> and a man from a shop and a load of it I don't know It's impo- it is an implausible thing to jump well, through well you see I tell you the problem is what's going to happen for you now is right of, uh, people in fairness they're going to try and help you out and there'll be this flood of whatsapps Okay, there'll right. be a flood of them, and it'll all say the same rubbish. Well, well, no, well, it won't be rubbish, but the, everybody will have their own version of how they would do a steak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there'll be fryers, grillers, there'll be all sorts of people on, and they'll tell you all different ways. But you know, I'm not sure it's going to help you if that's because I pretty much as your man. I mean, Can you if it was one? me, right? If right. it was me, if I was doing tell it, right, run me through Jim McCabe's steak. Right, I'd have it. I would have a very hot pan, but I, I'd sear it both sides, right? So I'd sear one side, then the other. Right, with a lighter or something? No, sear it as in on the pan. You know what I mean? So it's really hot. So I'd sear both sides and then I'd turn the heat down, you see, until it was at the the level that I want so that I'd get it just pink. Not raw, but just pink. So I'd, I'd knock the heat down after the searing, if you know what I mean, just to cook it through a little bit more. Right. And then I'd have it. And I find that very tasty. How would you knock the heat down in two minutes or three minutes? It takes ages. You use the buttons on oh, the thing. Oh, for God's sake. So the pan is roasting. <laughs> He's turning down the heat of the pan now. Yeah. He's turning I, down the heat of the pan. You don't have to turn it off. I'm just just diminishing it a bit so it doesn't burn while it's, you know, going, going, cooking through. So That's how many minutes saying. then do you do uh, each side? I'd ha- it depends on the steak. Oh, the weight and everything. This you know? is it. You see what I mean? Now, this is science again. <laughs> Can't just do it. It is a science again now. This is the thing. Well, like, I'd need to have a look at your steak. I'd need to have a conversation with your steak. You sound like a doctor. Well, everybody recovers. Yeah, you see, I, I told you we're going to end up in all sorts of things. There's people talking about marinades and everything. Ah, shut up. Just want to get it. People yeah. talking about whether or not you take it out of your fridge. No, I, I didn't. I had it on the counter because I know that that's, uh, that's the same with eggs. You can't cook an egg right if it comes out of the fridge. Right, okay. You know what I mean? That's why people you can't poach an egg properly. Yeah. yeah. No, it was on the desktop. People thing. telling you to get yourself a George Foreman. <laughs> it was on the desktop thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, what am we I wonder, trying to say? The countertop. Yeah, and we wonder where the problem is arising. Oh, jeepers. It's so stressful. And then when, like, when I add it all up, that's well over 100 quid I've wasted on steaks. Like, yeah. That's awful when you think of it. That's an awful waste, you know. And I, mean, I, and I can't give up. I have to figure out I how don't to know. do it. I'm not sure what this means. I'm obviously missing the gag here, but it says you need to touch your steak, PJ. I don't know. What's he talking about? I don't know what that means. You need to touch it. Somebody else pointing out the fact Antoinette just said, no wonder you were veggie for so long, BJ. I couldn't cook us, <laughs> The yeah. struggles you've had with meat. I oh, know, at least tofu just gets chewy regardless, no yeah. matter what you do. You see people saying grilling is the way to go with it. Um, medium heat grill. Uh, and then you uh, you flip it over or whatever you cook till the fatty bits go crispy. <laughs> the fatty goes to crispy fatty bits. So, so do you not? Does that mean you put it on the grill? Does that mean you don't go near the pan at all, or do you do what you did and you you do this? Well, no, you can choose either. You can go grill or you can go you can go pan. Oh well, what do you prefer? God. You prefer to fry. Some people prefer to fry. They Jeez. feel that it gets the juices. Other people like? prefer to grill because it, you know they feel that it's less fat. Do you know what you're like? You're what? like when you ask those elfless for directions and they go, "Well, it depends what your mode of transport is." And you just just tell me the quickest way to get there. Well, if you're going by bus, the quickest way is the 32. Whereas if you're going by car, Charlie's taxi, it's just, oh, shit, just answer the question. I am in the middle of that. Well, Alanis Morris said, ironic here at Classic Hits. Thank you for waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Uh, the bomber's just been on. You know, yes. the bomber, of course, being a butcher, the 
Demon Butcher of old Crumlin Town oh, there. Oh, this Brown's man, Butchers. Yeah, of course, yeah. Bro- Bomber, of course, who you have a lot of time for because he's a big Leeds fan. I just realised. Big Morrissey fan. I've actually handed him for the first time. I've handed him quite a lot of ammunition to get me back for all my no, slagging over the last he's offering. he's offering to cook you a steak. You're kidding me. He's offering to bring you to Narnia and cook you a steak. Ah, no, he'd poison me, man. After all the grief I've given him, well, this that's is the, his see, opportunity to now, get me back. He didn't put it in the text, but I'd say he'll, he'll cook you a steak providing you go to his house and um, you sit and listen to Morrissey music while watching old Leeds reruns. Oh, here. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat an old rat instead. Anything's better than listening to that and watching that rubbish. Oh, dear God, I wouldn't be able for it. <laughs> right, and listen, so I'll tell you something, though, right? Among all of the WhatsApps, and I'm going to leave it to you, you can scroll through the WhatsApp yourselves, uh, or yourself, PJ, because there's loads of people have been on. Right. Every I variation under the sun of how you cook a steak. There's every, as I said, pan-frying, grilling, George Foreman, marinades, you name it, right? There's every variation, types of steak, you name it. So you can have a look through all of them, right? But the one that I would point out to you, which I think may be the answer, came in from Sean in Mullingar. And he said, PJ, I have the perfect way for you to cook a steak. You go... You buy your steak. Yeah, exactly. You bring it home. I've done this. And you hand it to your ma. <laughs> breakfast Table Quiz. It's time for the Breakfast Table Quiz. Win the best prize out there is. Try to get the biggest score. Hope the next call gets no more. It's the Breakfast Table Quiz. The Breakfast Table Quiz with Kilmartin Educational Services. In class or online, learn and revise safely and get ahead with Julie's CKES.ie. So this week on the Breakfast Table Quiz, the chance to super boost your immune system. We're giving you a year's supply, a full year's supply of Swedish Nutra's vitamin C and D3. Now, this is available in pharmacies all around the country, pharmacies nationwide. So if you want to pop into your local pharmacy and check it out for yourself, by all means, uh, if you're not lucky enough to win with us, and, of course, no um, no need to really kind of emphasise the benefits of the likes of vitamin C and uh, vitamin D. We were talking about them yesterday. Indeed. Literally, virtually every single part and element of your body is somehow enhanced by having the right levels of vitamin C and vitamin D. Rumour has it, now I can't confirm it or anything, <laughs> that you can glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that, what I'm that, saying. That perhaps may not be true. Okay, Jim, but, we're going to have to agree uh, it, to disagree. You're going to go with the science on this, that's fine, I understand that. <laughs> it'll certainly help keep your hel- your cells healthy uh, and all sorts of things, tendons, ligaments, blood vessels, organs, skin, you name it, uh, vitamin C can help with, and of course, vitamin D is the sunshine, vitamin bones, uh, you know, bones, healthy bones, healthy teeth, insulin levels, brain and nervous system. My God, I tell you think of a couple of people not too far from here who could benefit from that. And who would also love to glow in the dark. <laughs> uh, so today, 12 is the score we need to take the lead. Sean Shannon is going to play for us this morning. How are you, Sean? How's it going? Not too bad at all. How are you getting on? Not too bad. Good stuff. What part of the country are you in this morning, Sean? Uh, Mulligar. I don't think you're going to like me. I thought you had to cook the steak. Re- you thought you, you were going? Oh, you were coming on to tell him how to cook a steak, were you? No, no, I told. I texted oh, him. Oh, so this is oh, Sean. Sean. This, this is, is Sean. Man yeah. as well. Yeah, this is Sean who said that the best way for you to get around your issues with cooking a steak is for you to go buy the steak and give it to your mother. Oh, is that him? <laughs> tell you, Sean, you'd be causing more trouble than it's worth. No steak is worth the trouble that would cause. <sighs> Well, anyway, <laughs> let's try and return the favour, Sean, and try and get you up on top of the leaderboard and get you that year's supply of Swedish Nutra's vitamin C and D3. Right, so 60 seconds for you to get at least 12. Yeah. You ready to go? Yeah. Best of luck. Here we go. What is the first name of Ozzy Osbourne's wife? Sharon. Save a prayer and hungry like the wolf for hits for what pop band? I don't know. Duran Duran, Kevin Keegan managed what international football team in Euro 2000? England. Which rock and roll legend died on the 16th of August 1977? Elvis. The action film Platoon was set during what conflict? Vietnam. According to the proverb, what is the mother of invention? I, I don't know. Necessity, who was Sherlock Holmes' assistant and flatmate? Watson. In, in what wood are Winnie the Pooh stories set? Uh, I don't know. Hundred Acre Wood, what is the head of the Roman Catholic Church called? The Pope. What is the name of Elsa's sister in the movie Frozen? Oh, God. Um, Anna. Yeah, and what decade did George Bernard Shaw die? Uh, 80. The 50s. Berlin is the capital of what country? Germany. How long is a regular term for a US president? 
for you. Do Australians drive on the left or the right side of the road? The right. It's oh, the left. it's the left. It's the left. One wrong to finish. That's a shame because you were on a good old roll there, to be fair to you, Sean. So let's see how we did. It wasn't good enough. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine correct answers. Tell you, Sean, you were doing really well there. You were just flying, actually, for a lot of that. It, it sounded like it was a better score as we were going along, PJ. I thought didn't it was going to be neck and neck, yeah, to be one, honest. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you eight, can yeah, nine. You can mug if you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll say that to Mike and I, see what he says. I'll let you ha- argue that one out with Michael. <laughs> but listen, Sean, thanks for playing. Have a good day, man. Okay, thanks. Cheers, man. Thank you, Sean. Backstreet Boys, here are classic hits, As Long As You Love Me. Uh, Where was I going to say there? I was distracted because, to be honest with you, after the steak conversation, Magic Mike was working away on trying to get a chef on. Was he? Right, but it didn't quite come to pass. He was trying to get the official line for you. But to be honest with you, I'm not even sure that would have helped you because loads and loads of people have offered you loads of variations on WhatsApp. And they're all spoofers. But, uh, But ultimately, if you just can't do it, you just can't do it. Oh my God! There has to be a way. I just, I'm just saying, all these traditional yeah. methods have second. led me up the no, garden. No, but they, oh, the, the methods are fine. The food is fine. May I say, the operator maybe you know struggling a bit. All this holds is making a steak is just like doing a big slice of toast. You can't get it wrong. Oh I was told. God. You just, it's just, you just heat big it up on the toast. sides, and then you, that's it. You have it. So, Can you it. believe this, sir? A big slice of toast is how no, he was referred to. I'm actually to. tempted to offer. To, to I know. See, that's, I think that's what he's doing. I think in secretly. The sandwich toaster outside. Ah, See, go Tara away. could knock it up in a sandwich toaster. You can't even do it with a full kitchen in your big mansion there. And okay, straight away, let's forget about it. Tara's like MacGyver when it comes to food. <laughs> Tara could make. Give Tara a Swiss Army knife, two coat hangers, a bag of flour, and an apple, and she'll make some kind of cake out of it. She's an, she can make anything out of anything. Yeah. It's not a fair comparison. Charlotte, actually, with that list of recipes that you've just it's literally can't <laughs> cook won't cook let's see what's in the bag oh we have a pen knife a coat hanger a piece of old rope yeah. excellent well I could think I could knock you up a black forest gato yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> an apple charlotte gato it'll be perfect we'll have it done in the next five minutes uh, See, it's, it's impo- right, I'm just well, look, saying it's impossible to do a steak. I'm saying it's impossible to do one as, as a normal human being without training. It's impossible. Oh, my God. Despite the fact that most of the nation are now texting in, giving you how it's done. These are still... Oh, my God. Like any of these people haven't been to college for this. <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway, that wasn't what we intended talking about uh, because... If you've ever done that thing where, you know, something is, something's going wrong in your life, actually similar to PJ, yeah. except maybe it's a bit, you know, a bit more than just the cooking of a steak. Maybe it's an actual problem. Um, you know, you've had a period in your life where it's oh, a bit rubbish and you think to yourself, do you know something? Do you know something? You know what I'd love to do? I'd love to just go sleep and wake up when it's all when over. When it's all over. When it's all over, when it's all finished, right? Wake me up when it's all over. Stop the word, I want to get off. I just want to, just wake me up when all this rubbish is gone. If you've ever thought that, bear, bear in mind... Just, just spare a thought for this. Think bloke. again. This is a, this is actually was a terrible story, but thankfully it's coming to a good end. Uh, so he's a young lad called Joseph Flavel. He was in an accident um, this time last year. Uh, he was in quite a serious accident, and he's been in a coma for ten months. Right. Right. Uh, now the thing is, right during his time of recovery, and thankfully, and thank everybody, it's so brilliant that this young lad is starting to come around. He's starting to wake up. His, his family are so happy. They've had a GoFundMe thing. People have showed their amazing generosity. They've got behind it. They've raised money for his recovery. It's actually such a joyful story that this kid, this great kid, has uh, come around and he's going to make it. And that's the good part of this story. Right. In his recovery, he's caught coronavirus twice and he's beaten it both times, right? While in the coma. While in the coma. Uh, And now he's coming out of it and they're thinking, how are we going to tell him? What's been going on in the world? He knows nothing about the pandemic. He knows nothing about coronavirus, really, even though he's had it twice. He knows nothing about what's been going on. They haven't been able to tell him why they're not really in the room with him as he's recovering. Uh, you know, and he's just taking it all in a stride. They're, saying, they're, they're kind of going, after everything he's been through, yeah. how are we going to tell him what's been going on in the world? Yeah, because he's, he, he's going to, you know, wake up a bit elated and he's going to assume, oh, fantastic. people. Well, you know, hug his family maybe and do all that sort of stuff. And they're yeah. the other side of a window going, good to see you. And they're like, where you? We've got news! <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got news! That's then, incredible. So I he's know. completely oblivious to what's been going on in the world. Absolutely oblivious to everything that has happened. Three weeks before the UK went into lockdown, he went into hospital. He's been in a coma since. He's he's finally coming out with such fantastic news, but they don't want, they don't have to break the news to him. It sounds like one of those so movies, you, well, yeah. doesn't it? So it's a bit like, sort of, well, while you, while you weren't here, right, this is what happened. 
and you got it. What? <laughs> yeah, and I, know, I was literally here the whole time. How did I get it? Well, and yeah, actually, you got it twice. This was the worst place to be. Actually, yeah, you got it twice. It just goes to show if I've learned anything about twenty twenty. Yeah. Even if you can erase your past, even if you can like be, <laughs> even if you got your dream come true, where he says, "I just wish I could go asleep and wake up in a year's time," you are still able to have a terrible year in twenty twenty. What an amazing year twenty twenty was! Isn't it like those? I used to watch movies like this. You know those movies? Uh, the Walking Dead is like this. You know what the start he gets into an accident he goes to hospital and it's a totally normal day other than that then he wakes up and there's been a zombie apocalypse it's literally the plot of The Walking Dead yeah. so he, he must be thinking this is the maddest this is like a, this is a genuine Hollywood yeah. blockbuster or if when he, he should make a movie out of this when he woke up like if they were saying to him you won't believe literally in the year that you've been out right literally you won't believe it this, the global pandemic like hasn't been seen for God knows how long it happened. It, the entire world was just transformed in a, in a period of, of weeks or whatever into this madness forever and ever. And he was probably thinking, oh, God, so strangely enough, I'm glad I missed it. Yeah, now about that, right? <laughs> and then I'll be there. Yeah, have you any questions for me? I do, actually. I know you've had a tough year and you're just waking up a coma. You don't know how to do a fillet steak. Sixpence on the Richard Kiss Me and Soft Cell with Tainted Love just ahead of that. Thanks a million for waking up happy with PJ and Jim. Thanks for letting us uh, hang out with you on your Wednesday, uh, Wednesday 3rd of February. And I'll tell you something, PJ Gallagher, right? Never let it be said (laughs) that I don't do everything I possibly can to make your life easier. What are you up to now, you you fabulous man? You were on there complaining about your inability to cook yourself a steak. I right? didn't, yeah, I'm t- Jim, you've no idea. How many steaks did you ruined? A dozen steaks ruined? I'd say one shy of a dozen, I think, yeah. You've ruined over the over trying. Okay. Yeah. You had the entire nation WhatsApping in with how they cooked their steaks. And by the way... There was grilling, there was frying, there was marinating, there was every variation under the sun. You said, no, poo to all of us. I didn't say poo to all of us. I was just saying, listen, listen, country Ireland, make up your mind here. Which one of these is it? Yeah, because you reckon that in order to cook a steak, you have to be either a scientist... You need a team of scientists. team of scientists to cook a steak. Yeah. What, what a lot of people regard as one of the easiest things in the world. Well, okay... So you didn't want to accept my advice. <laughs> you didn't want to accept the what's, advice of the nation. What's your advice? What about if I give you just one of the truly greatest of them all? Right, right? yeah. What if I was to bring to you the executive chef Chateau de Cordesau? I've pronounced that wrong, haven't I, Gaz? <laughs> yeah, not great, Jim. I've made a complete haze of that. But anyway, listen, the most important thing is, it is the brilliant award-winning chef, Gary O'Hanlon. Oh, no way. Yes, right, indeed. Gary, what's the crack? PJ, what's happening? I can't believe you can't cook a steak, mate. Now, come on, Gary. You, basically, you are a food scientist. So, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little bit different. I feel a little bit knocked on a uh, hard done by when you say that to me. Steaks are really impossible. Oh, no, I don't know, but I'll tell you, the first thing I do, though, is find the boy that takes it in to grill the steak and go put him down, because I'll tell you what, he, he, he really should be put, put out of his misery for grilling a steak. My God. There you go. You see that? Gary, the brilliant thing about Gary, by the way, if you don't, if you don't far, follow Gary O'Hanlon on Twitter or Instagram, get on it, right? It's It's kind of... It's sort of like a porn site, really. It's when you follow <laughs> Gaz, right? The mag- most magnificent pictures of fabulous food. And it's kind of proper food. Do you know what I mean by that, Gaz? Food. I don't mean any... Ah, yeah. It is proper food, right? It is fantastic to watch. But the one thing is, don't get on with any of your highfalutin, you know, calorie-cutting ideas here now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't get this body easy, Jim. No. You're right, buddy. We're, I'm right there with you, man. I'm shoulder to shoulder with you. Right, so listen... PJ, put him out of his misery, will you? Talk him Please. through the per- the perfect steak for you, for the average man. Yeah, well, it couldn't be simpler. First off, which is really important, good butcher. Um, you know, Higgins' butchers in Dublin is one that jumps out of me right away. You can buy online. So good, good meat is a start. I mean, no matter how good a cook you are, you're not going to do much with bad meat. Fair enough. Uh, a piece of sirloin or ribeye, probably the two best cuts. I mean, fillet is fillet, but even a bad fillet is nice. So a ribeye or a sirloin, and let's just talk about a sirloin steak because that's the most popular, I suppose. And you got to get a pan on, make sure it's quite dry, no streaky oil from a slice of bacon in the morning or anything because it'll go on fire on you. So basically, a good dry pan, give it a rub with a bit of kitchen paper, get it on until it's almost white smoking, like really, really, really hot. Yeah. And... What I tend to do 
is just put a nice, so I like to call it salt frying, where I just have molded salt, which is like little flakes of salt. It's in a wee white box, you see it in most shops. But a little bit of flaky sea salt, not fine salt, but flaky salt. And I put on almost more than what you think it should have on it. Right. And yeah, I, like I, it's I, like like snow on a dot, on a, like a ball of snow. <laughs> just, I've done all this, Gary, I'm with you. Go on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great, great illustration there. And then once the pan is hot enough, put it on and just step away from the vehicle. Don't go near it for a few minutes. You're going to be tempted to shake the pan and mess around. Let it go. Let it rock and roll. Have your smoke alarm, maybe a window. Disabled. (laughs) You know, I always used to say when I was doing cookery demos back in the day, if if you're not setting off a smoke alarm cooking a steak, you're not doing it right. And give it about three, four minutes. And just take a wee peek. And once you have a nice little colouring, a lovely sear on it, flip it around onto another side of the pan that you haven't been on. And it so gets like a maximum hit of heat again. And then leave it. And then what you can do, depending on how thick your steak is, you can turn down the heat and just continue to turn it every now and again for a few minutes. You know, six, seven minutes, like for a nice rested medium steak is more than enough. If you like it well done, have your oven preheated to 180 and you can put it in there for about uh, eight or nine minutes after you have a good seal on it. It all depends how thick your steak is, you know, but... You know, go to a good butcher and they'll sort of cut you on that's a good inch thick at least, you know, and that's what I like. <laughs> Lovely. I'll tell you something, guys. I just wish you were physically here with us, right? For a couple of reasons. One is because I'd make you cook me a steak. But apart from that, <laughs> the other one is because I wish you could see PJ's face. I did all this! <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I, I did. Do you know something? Let me just ask Gaz a question on this, right? Um, Gary, there's a lot of a lot of things b- people kind of don't get, can't get their head around how important it is to allow meat to rest. Yes. Right? And they go at it, they do their cooking or whatever, and they whip it off their pan or out of their oven or whatever, and they get stuck into eating it or whatever. And yeah. it's it's isn't it amazing the difference if you yeah, just we, if you give a, a, a meat some time to rest before you with, get stuck in. Without a doubt, well, especially if it's that sort of a thicker piece. If you imagine the summertime going down to the water, and I know PJ is out with the the lifeboats now and again, and it's a really really hot day, and you jump into the water straight from ripping off the clothes and going straight in, you get the shock of your life. It's the same with a piece of meat if it comes straight from the fridge. So a good hour before you want to cook it, you want it out of the fridge coming to sort of room temperature. That way, it's going to help the meat relax. And then you're putting it on the pan. It's not going to curl up and tighten and tighten the muscle. So resting at room temperature beforehand important. But like you say, Jim, a good three, four minutes after you take it out of the oven or after you take it off the pan, let it sit. All the juices will settle in it. I mean, when you cut the steak, really... There should be very, very little juice or blood, whatever it would be, running around your plate. It should be settled into the meat. Yeah. So it's oh. incredibly important in, in all types of meat. And, and what exactly is wrong with PJ Steckle? Like, if he tells me... He says he, he says it's like chewing gum. <laughs> it's like chewing gum. It's like, it was like cow-flavoured chewing gum. So it was you're like... Buying, you're buying bad beef. You're buying bad meat. I don't think I did. I think it was very... I won't no, say... you did. You did. I have a feeling, I have a feeling, Gaz, listening to him, I have a feeling it might be the resting that's the issue here. I have a feeling yeah. he's getting stuck in just too soon. He's not giving I, it an opportunity say, and he's getting it a bit sort of, you know, gooey in the middle or I something. I left it on for three minutes, right? It was, the pan was roasting. I put it on the pan, left it three minutes. I turned it over, left it another three minutes, right? Yeah. And then I thought, it was, not only was it not done, but it was like, it was like bubblicious. And, and <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, my wife said to me whenever I met her back in the day, PG, you buy cheap, you buy twice. <laughs> I, tell, I, tell, I, I tell you something she was laying the ground rules early doors wasn't she she Gaz? got stuck in early doors Jim, no message right now listen there it is I literally don't. an award winning chef from, the executive chef from a place I can't even pronounce that's how good Gaz is I right? know I tell, it was there a very you, reputable butcher I bought it from I tell you. you've, <laughs> had, you've had it literally now the most perfect way to cook a steak in fact I'm salivating here just listening to Gary it's like Gary was telling a dirty story there yeah I know <laughs> when he was describing how to how to cook that steak, so you surely to God you feel enlightened now, PJ. I did all these things. I saw you know, the, the, the the beef was so expensive. I, I paid more to fix for that steak than I paid to get my left hand fixed. Like it was it was pretty expensive stuff. <laughs> 
I don't know what yeah. I'm, I'm right. still doing something very wrong somewhere on the line and I don't know it, it, it said, you make it sound so it, I think you maybe have a magic touch you know Gary you have a yeah, natural well, talent a, a big thing PJ when it comes to sirloins is something that I see here in Ireland an awful lot in shops in particular um, as opposed to say in the States when I lived over there but a sirloin steak or a ribeye should be cut quite thick. You know, you'll often see in, in the stores in particular, because meat is expensive and people buy with their eyes, they buy with price, that, you know, it's very rare that you'll see something that's that's much bigger than two or three rashers cut together. And that's not how a sirloin... It's very difficult to cook a steak that's that thin and have it tender, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not been hanging around. They're wet back age. I think it's in something where Higgins is. is. And I, I, like, I have got nothing to do with the butchers. I'm just saying it because I reckon the boys over there are brilliant. Johnstone Beef Online is another place. that's Because the, the best beef in the world from some of these guys used to go around the world. And now they can't go around the world. They put vans on the road and you can buy it in your house. So you've never really, there's never been a better time to buy steak in Ireland simply because what the restaurants and myself and Chateau de Coudreau would be using. We're not open at the minute, so these places have actually opened online and you can buy it now because stuff that goes into shops, it's a wet back age product and it wouldn't really have a dry aging process or be hanging long enough. Yeah. But you're now getting dry age meat delivered to the doors or whatever. So there's absolutely no excuse, PJ, for making a mess of it. So, <laughs> you know, you can, you can tell us all you want that you're spending a load of money on your steak, but we know you're being cheap, brother. I'm telling you. This is outrageous. <laughs> oh, this has gone better than I could possibly this imagine. This is how I imagine this, this has gone. PJ go. getting a double kicking here. This is fantastic. I, I, Listen, I think it's worse because I used a voucher. I actually didn't pay for it at all. Before we let you go, guys, give us a quick rundown. What are you at at the moment? Obviously, the executive chef stuff is, is kind of is where the um, the main focus is. But I mean, I see you online all the time. And again, if you don't follow Gary O'Hanlon on his social media, get on it. He's on Instagram and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, but what are you up to? What's occupying you at the moment now with all of the kind of restrictions yeah, well, in place? I'm involved in, uh, obviously, Chateau de Coudreau and Niall Carroll, who's the boss over there. He's based in Ireland as well. And right now we're just building content just for the social media crew, like in the marketing department that will drop through the year. I mean, we're a private golf resort in Chateau de Coudre. So, so a lot of our off-season work, COVID or not, we would be doing that right now anyway, with the means to maybe being back at it at the end of March or April. So there is there is a good bit of stuff to be done with that, like, and, uh, you know, getting content, recipes, photographs, things like that. And I'm in the early stages of a new business, in Arizona as well. I can't talk too much about that, but I'm involved in a new startup over there for the last 18 months, and we're getting very close to, to launching something over there. Our headquarters is Scottsdale, Arizona, but it'll be, it'll be worldwide eventually, but stateside for the most part for the first while. But yeah, so that's that by nighttime because the time zone is keeping me quite busy oh, in shit. the evenings and nights. And uh, yeah, so it's Keeping the head up and keeping busy, Jim. You know? Happy days, happy days. Listen, guys, you're a gent and a scholar and a superstar for coming on and chatting to us and <laughs> trying to I, I trying to <laughs> trying to teach PJ. I don't know. I mean, I tell I you, I look forward to doing steak number twelve and blaming it on you, Gary. <laughs> no matter what falls it is of mine. Guys, man, take, have a good day. Okay, take care of yourself, buddy. Thank Cheers. you, boss. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Bye. There you go, the brilliant Gary O'Hanlon. As I say, uh, on social media, you can find him on Twitter and on on um, on Instagram, and it's well worth a follow. He's a sound, sound man. He's he a really wizard, is. so he is. He's yeah. a food wizard. And he's such a dead-on bloke as yeah, well, and he fella. loves like kind of proper, proper food. I know. Like He's right up our street, really, isn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. I wish he told me how to do a steak. <laughs>